Section 13 of Great Epochs in American History, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Great Epochs in American History, Volume 3. The French War and the Revolution, 1745 to 1782 by francis whiting halsey the boston tea party seventeen seventy three two governor hutchinson's account footnote from hutchinson's history of massachusetts bay hutchinson's position has awakened much sympathy although governor of the province and thus under the necessity of enforcing orders received from england he was a native of boston and a graduate of harvard his history has been much read and admired for its fair and temperate spirit especially valuable are the portraits he gives of his contemporaries the men who bore him down after the fiercest possible struggle in footnote the governor was unable to judge what would be the next step the secretary had informed him in the hearing of the deputy secretary that if the governor should refuse a pass he would demand it himself at the head of one hundred and fifty men etc and he was not without apprehensions of a further application but he was relieved from his suspense the same evening by intelligence from town of the total destruction of the tea it was not expected that the governor would comply with the demand and before it was possible for the owner of the ship to return from the country with an answer about fifty men had prepared themselves and passed by the house where the people were assembled to the wharf where the vessels lay being covered with blankets and making the appearance of indians the body of the people remained until they had received the governor's answer and then after it had been observed to them that everything else in their power having been done it now remained to proceed to the only way left and that the owner of the ship having behaved like a man of honor no injury ought to be offered to his person or property the meeting was declared to be dissolved and the body of the people repaired to the wharf and surrounded the immediate actors as a guard and security until they had finished their work in two or three hours they hoisted out of the holds of the ships three hundred and forty-two chests of tea and emptied them into the sea the governor was unjustly censured by many people of the province and much abused by the pamphlet and newspaper writers in england for refusing his pass which it was said would have saved the property thus destroyed but he would have been justly censured if he had granted it he was bound as all the king's governors were by oath faithfully to observe the acts of trade and to do his endeavour that the statute of king william which establishes a custom-house and is particularly mentioned in the oath be carried into execution his granting a pass to a vessel which had not cleared at the custom-house would have been a direct violation of his oath by making himself an accessory in the breach of those laws which he had sworn to observe it was out of his power to have prevented this mischief without the most imminent hazard of much greater mischief the tea could have been secured in the town in no other way than by landing marines from the men-of-war or bringing to town the regiment which was at the castle to remove the guards from the ships and to take their places this would have brought on a greater convulsion than there was any danger of in seventeen seventy 
and it would not have been possible when two regiments were forced out of town for so small a body of troops to have kept possession of the place such a measure the governor had no reason to suppose would have been approved of in england notwithstanding the forlorn state he was in he thought it necessary to keep up some show of authority and caused a council to be summoned to meet at boston the day after the destruction of the tea and went to town himself to be present at it but a quorum did not attend the people had not fully recovered from the state of mind which they were in the preceding night great pains had been taken to persuade them that the obstruction they had met with which finally brought on the loss of the tea were owing to his influence and being urged to it by his friends he left town and lodged that night at the castle under pretence of a visit to his sons who were confined there with the other consignees of the tea failing in the attempt for a council the next day at milton he met them three days after at cambridge where they were much divided in their opinion one of them declared against any step whatever the people he said had taken the powers of government into their hands any attempt to restrain them would only enrage them and render them more desperate while another observed that having done everything else in their power to prevent the tea from being landed and all to no purpose they had been driven to the necessity of destroying it as a less evil than submission to the duty so many of the actors and abettors were universally known that a proclamation with a reward for discovery would have been ridiculed the attorney-general therefore was ordered to lay the matter before the grand jury who there was no room to expect would ever find a bill for what they did not consider as an offence this was the boldest stroke which had yet been struck in america End of section thirteen